Hello and welcome to Fit for My Age, a series of conversations between Abbasida and people who think outside the box about health and well-being, with the aim of helping everyone live a healthier life. I am your host, Michael Millward, the Managing Director of Abbasida. Today I am joined by someone I have known for so long, Martin Morrison, who is a martial arts expert. Hello, Martin. Hello, Michael. Thank you very much for having me on the show. I, I was looking for a martial arts expert to help me answer a big question. But before I ask you the question, please could you explain a little bit about who Martin Morrison is and what Martin Morrison does? Sure. First, I'm going to start somewhat humbly by saying that uh, I find it difficult to say a martial arts expert because the martial arts journey is a long, long road. So whereas I would seem quite advanced compared to some, and I do indeed teach, I am also an absolute beginner compared to many others. So it's, a, it's an ongoing process, the study of martial arts. Um, however, you could ask me questions about various practices and martial arts training techniques, and I'd be able to give you detailed answers. So I guess from that perspective, it makes me an expert. Primarily, I am a ghostwriter and editor, helping people to express their truth with clarity, which is my slogan. Um, I tend to write and edit for entrepreneurs, founders, rags to riches stories, people who have done great things. Thank you very much. So let's get into the big question that we have for today. What is it about martial arts that appeals to successful business people? We have seen press reports that successful entrepreneurs like Mark Zuckerberg and Elon Musk, and even some very powerful politicians are very competitive practitioners of martial arts. But why? What is it that appeals to successful entrepreneurs and other people in positions of authority and power about martial arts? How did you get into martial arts? Well, I'm glad you put that last bit at the end because I think you need to qualify this question. I, I would say, what is it about successful or powerful people as well that makes them stick with martial arts? The, the thing that brings people to martial arts, there are many, many reasons. Uh, in my own case, and this is, this is really not uncommon, I grew up with violence, constantly people who were out to get me and I wanted to feel empowered. Um, I'd seen Bruce Lee films. I was young enough and naive enough to think that as long as I was using a martial arts technique, if I tapped somebody with my little finger, it would make a, a really loud <laughs> sound and they would go flying through the air never to come back. It took an embarrassingly long time for me to realise that that wasn't the case. So I wanted to be empowered. I wanted to be able to fight. And I believed that training was the key. But again, like a, like a lot of people who get into martial arts, and particularly people who get into martial arts because they want to defend themselves or they want to be empowered, or for bullied kids like me, might even want to go out there and carry out some kind of vendetta you very quickly find if you stick it out, because a lot of people come and they, they bounce off, it's not for them. You very quickly find that there's, there's something else going on. It's no longer about wanting to fight. It's about having the power to turn the other cheek. It's about knowing that you've got this big stick behind you, metaphorically, or a strong back 
as my Thai tea teacher would say, but having a soft front and being able to diplomatically handle situations, to be able to de-escalate, to be confident. I certainly think that was the case when I started in the early 80s, because back then you had to travel to find a martial arts club. I was lucky because I had a fantastic one on my doorstep. These days with so many martial arts clubs around, you've got parents who just want their kids to have something to do that it's become a student's market as opposed to an instructor's market. So instructors are having to bend over backwards to make martial arts clubs appealing and attractive. And so things have been somewhat watered down, if that makes sense. Yes. But for any adult, certainly, like who gets into martial arts and seeks out a place that's going to really make them dig deep, I think that the main thing they're going to get out of it is... Well, it comes back to my slogan, express your truth with clarity. The, the process of martial arts training ultimately is about discovering who you really are without the conditioning, you know, without all the messages that you've been given by society, by culture, by yourself as well, by the people who loved you, by the parents who were fantastic or failed you. It's about discovering what, is, what, what lies beneath all those layers. What are your natural strengths? What are the weaknesses that you've got to work on? What is your truth that you have to express? So you, and it's, it's a constant, it's like playing chess. It's, you can spend your life getting better and better. And it doesn't matter if, for example, you damage your leg like I did, or you just get older, because there are two sides to martial arts. There's the external side of martial arts, which is you know what you're doing with this body, this is the position that you have to maintain. You've got to get your knee pushed out there. You want your foot there. You know, this hand should be further back, that kind of thing. But then you've got the internal mechanics as well, physically. Are you actually connected fully? So are you biomechanics? You know, are you moving effectively? Um, or are, is your structure weak because of poor posture um, or, or poor movement? So there's that side of things as well. Uh, more important than any of those things is the connection between your mind and your body. Are we on the right path physically, keeping ourselves fit and eating the right food and, and, and moving gracefully and, and, and demonstrating skill there, but actually carrying a runaway horse in our mind that's leading us astray? I just want to reflect for a moment on what you said about this idea that the martial arts is not so much physical but also mental psychological and this bit about how it allows you being involved in a martial arts to strip away all the things that other people tell you about you to find the real you and i'm nowhere near as good at any of these martial arts as you are i've tried a bit of thai boxing i've tried a bit of Tai Chi, tried a bit of conventional European style boxing and in each one of them I think what I could say was like I wish I'd done this years ago I wish I'd done the opportunity to do this when I was a teenager when I was a child when I was being bullied because actually punching you know, this bag realizing that this bag moves when I when I punch it realizing that if I stand up straight and and adopt a different pose it moves further 
because, not because I'm hitting it any harder, but because I've changed the way in which I am standing, the way I'm addressing that that bag. Um, that I think is a is a very powerful lesson to, to learn as you are getting involved in these types of things. It's 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 not about strength. It's not about power. It's about you as an individual inside and how you view the world rather than how other people tell you that you should view your world. So, for example, if I was to go through them all one by one, um, take Thai boxing, for example. Thai boxing is often seen as a, as a brutal martial art. And it's not one that I've practiced, although as a K1 kickboxer, um, we used Thai-style kicks and so some of the training that I was given, um, you know, was similar or taken from Thai boxing. We weren't allowed to use elbows, for example, we wouldn't do that. But we could do knees and the clinch, and the Thai boxers we understand how to use knees. But no matter how brutal it is, if I was to talk to my friend Ronnie Green, who was the five times world champion Thai boxer, amongst other things, he was the first British man to beat the ties a tie boxing when we, we were just nowhere and on the map and this guy goes out there and he was just thrashing everybody uh in the late 70s and 80s uh, and when i spoke to to ronnie i went to his house i was in his kitchen and uh, he was known as machine gun ronnie and he was turning around and this guy's a legend and he's turning around and he's saying martin being in the ring is like being in this kitchen now he says, in this kitchen we've got um, we've got gas cooker. The gas, of course, could potentially be explosive or it can burn you. We've got pan, and you know you've got to make sure that the handle's not sticking out because you don't want to get knocked and, and pouring oil or, or water, hot boiling hot water on, on somebody. We've got knives that are sharp that can cut you. So it's all about making sure that you know your way around the kitchen so that you can avoid those threats. And to relate that to his experience in, in, in the ring and how he described it to me, the music that they would play, yeah, which is a very strange kind of horn, doesn't really play a tune. It's almost like listening to the, the old modem sounds from the 1980s, you know, when data was transferred. And he, he says that, in his opinion, that music, is meant to be hypnotic because when you're in the ring rather than thinking and this is a mental discipline yeah so you want to know about conditioning I'm, I'm going to draw i'm going to draw that in a minute when you're in that ring all that counts is what's my opponent's timing how are they moving how are they moving in relation to me and you kind of tune into them so that to use the, the cliche the bruce lee line when they expand, I contract. When they contract, I expand. And Ronnie was an absolute expert at that. Look at Muhammad Ali, for example, in boxing, in the famous scene where he's against the ropes in the corner, and uh, I think it was Joe Frazier, was throwing in these punches, yeah, in very, very quick succession. Tyson Fury did something similar, but not as good. I'd say that um, Prince Nazim was brilliant at it as well. And these punches, he's just... He's got his hands by his side and they're not getting him. He's moving. And when you look at when you look at the way he's moving, and the thing about Muhammad Ali that made it look really easy is how, it's how effortlessly he does it. It's almost as though 
his vision, his, his processing of information around him is so quick, his mind is so quick, that what seems fast to everybody else was slow motion to him, a bit like a fly, you know. And to get yourself into that mindset, you have to completely disengage from all those kinds of unconscious habits that we have. You, you, you can't be quick-tempered. You can't be thinking about tomorrow or worrying about what happened before, which means that you have to be in the moment. You have to be in the present. You're in a meditative state. And when you're in a meditative state, the more time that you spend in a meditative state, you could say it's like money in the bank. Yeah, You can't undo meditation. Does that make sense? Yes. Every time you meditate... Or every time you do something where you're in the zone, where mind, body, and spirits are all aligned, you have no choice but to be awake, aware, and more mindful, which means that you can witness yourself the same as you witness everybody else. You can say, oh, Martin's getting annoyed again. That's idiotic. Why am I getting so annoyed about that? What it sounds and it feels as if what you're saying is that the, the techniques that you learn when you get involved in any martial art but it's the skills that you require in order to be good at any martial arts are also the same skills that you would need to enable you to be very focused, to, to concentrate effort in a work environment as well. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think this, but there's an added factor, which I like, and, I, and this is conditional on you going to a club that's going to push you. Well, that's, you are as good as the people that you hang out with, regardless of what it is that you do, whether it is, a sport whether it's ballroom dancing pigeon racing you are as good as the people that you hang out with which is why when you are looking at where you're going to work in the career that you want to have you do not want to sit down in a meeting with work colleagues and think i'm the most intelligent person in this room or i'm the one who's working hardest in this room you you want to be working with people who are pulling you up who are saying you just not you just need to be a little bit better you need to be you need to be working a little bit harder you need to be working smarter you know you want to be people who are going to encourage you and motivate you and want you to be more successful than they are other group of people that you need to, to hang out with i absolutely agree with you there and that's why it's important that you go to a good club with good instructors and with good students as well so you're and I, you know, agree with you there. But some of the things that um, the martial arts brings to the table, that, for example, you wouldn't get from some other sports, is if we were to look at, for example, Thai boxing, uh, also classical Western boxing, kickboxing, which is what I did as well. When you look at that and you're having to spar, there's no two ways about looking at this. Sparring is a, a, a scary thing. And I'm not talking, even some people even describe point sparring as, as, as fighting, particularly if the techniques are coming in really solid. You know, stop, start, bang, there's one point. You know, a lot of them will do full contact to the body, for example. Um, and there's always a chance of, of, of taking a strong punch to the head by mistake because the control wasn't there. But you've got that risk of facing somebody who is challenging you, they're trying to kick you, they're trying to punch you, they're trying to backfist you, they might give a spinning back kick. Fist. And depending on the art, they could very well be a lot bigger than you as well. They could be younger than you, they could be fitter than you. So you, you, you've got that to overcome. 
Then there's the discipline of the forms. A lot of martial arts have form, um, which in karate they call it kata. And my old Thai teacher used to say that when somebody does a kata, it shows who they are. And I'll, I'll tell you what I mean by that. If somebody is very controlling, very aggressive, hard-nosed, and it's, it's always their way to push, 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 push with them. When they do a kata, what you'll see, it's, it's, it's almost like looking at somebody taking a dump. Yeah, however I'm allowed to say that. There's, there's too much trying going on. Too much mind, as one of the masters said in The Last Samurai, that uh, Tom Cruise film. Too much effort. Not enough letting go, not enough going with the flow, yeah? So when somebody does their kata, you, you kind of see what personality they've got. And in trying to iron out their issues, they will they'll come up against challenges for a start because there's so many things you're having to think about. Your body positioning, how it feels. Are you paying as much attention to the inside as the outside? Are you losing balance in your transitions between movements? If so, why? Is it something to do with your posture? Are you moving too quickly? Do you need to work on some muscle groups? So with martial arts, what you have compared to, I mean, all sports are gonna push you, don't get me wrong, but martial arts, you've got the, the risk of being injured. You've got the, the need not to injure the other person that you're sparring with. You've got so much to think about in terms of discipline to do the moves correctly. But more than that, you have progression as well. In ancient times, they didn't really have belts. The belt system was something, I believe, that they brought into the West because they knew that the Western mind needed it. You can spend your life doing martial arts. Once you get to black belt, that's first band. That's only really the start of a journey. Then you know, two years later, you'll be going for your second band. Three years after that, minimum, you'll be going for your third band. So by the time you get to uh, my age, I'm coming up to 53 now, you know, you could you could really be on your, your sixth or seventh than even. So you, you, you've got that sense of progress as well. But if we move it to the soft internal martial arts like Tai Chi, Tai Chi is equally frustrating if you if you're doing it correctly. If you're doing Tai Chi correctly, yes, you're not you're not breaking heads, no one's gonna come bust your nose. But you've got so many things to think about. Have I got an active stretch in the neck? Am I opening up the quark or opening up the hips so that the um, tailbone can drop and the, the spine is extended, for example? Have I, have I got a collapse going on, which means that you, you, you know, your posture's wrong, you, you've got a structural weakness, your arm is bent so much that it's not solid. Do I have a protrusion or, you know, going on? which means that you've got a straight limb, which is, again, is weakened. And then as you're moving, am I connected throughout the movement? And all the while, when you're, doing, when you're practicing Tai Chi, any distraction at all makes it a waste of time. So if you think, what am I looking like right now? Oh, does that, I wonder if that girl thinks I look good while I'm doing this. I practice outdoors. Whatever it is, oh, I'll be finished soon. Oh, that was good. Even that. Even that was good. I'm very happy I did that well. You have to be in the zone is what you're saying, isn't it? Regardless of which martial art it is that you're doing, it's something that becomes, I was going to say all-consuming, but that perhaps has some negative connotations. But if you think about it positively, it is a good way to describe the whole process and the mind, body and soul 
approach to learning and realizing that you're never really going to be as good as you could be unless you learn a little bit more. You're not talking about it. This is specifically how you know, why this appeals to these people. I can see from what you're saying exactly why doing a martial art would help make someone successful when they are away from the martial arts because it's about understanding and controlling yourself. There's a difference between someone who does martial arts, even intensely when they train. They could be training three times a week, four times, five times a week. There's a difference between someone doing martial arts and someone being a martial artist in the sense that you're right, all consuming sounds negative, but to be a martial artist is how you live your life. Now, as you know, because of my occupation as a ghostwriter, I speak to some of the most incredible people who have achieved unbelievable success in every way. And the thing about those people is, whether or not they do boxing or martial arts, I would say they are martial artists. They, they are being mindful and aware of every aspect of their life. Yeah, they, they, they have a sense of purpose in all that they do. I'm not saying, by the way, with that, that they, some, they somehow become Zen gurus overnight with it. But all, all the entrepreneurs that I've met have something special about them. These are not the kind of people that you can imagine will waste hours uh, on social media or even spend an hour and a half watching an omnibus edition of a soap opera. They might, they might spend two hours watching a football match if they're really passionate about it because they're demon. That's a weakness that gets a lot of a lot of them. But everything that they do, there's a sense of purpose to it. Um, obviously, I'm not allowed to say names. That's the only problem. But you know, the individual stories that I've come across, these people had a very strong sense of purpose. When somebody goes into football, for example, yeah, a lot of kids in Liverpool where I grew up, we got into football. Liverpool were flying, they all wanted to be Kenny Dalgleish, and they might have wanted to be football players. The problem with that is that when they realise that they're not even going to get into the junior team, they're not even going to get onto an amateur team, that actually they should be playing football for something else, A lot it drops off for a lot of them, or it just becomes a social club. Whereas the thing about martial arts, I think for, for those people who end up doing it uh, for decades is there is a deeper sense of purpose. That purpose evolves. Sometimes I'm not as aware of what that purpose is, even though they're living according to it. Until they get older, they start to figure it out. This is why I've been doing this for so long. This is what the appeal was. And, and so they, they, they get a, a more mature and enhanced understanding of martial arts. And I think it's the same for people who become entrepreneurs. Anybody who wants to be an entrepreneur because they think, it's easy money or they're going to be the boss. It's not, going to be, it's not going to be as hard as working for somebody else. Well, you know and I know that's bunkum. Yes. If you want to be an entrepreneur, you know, you might very well be broke. But the most successful businesses are those that have a sense of purpose and people are happier in those businesses when they understand and share in that purpose. And I totally get what you're saying about having a sense of purpose and when you do something there being a reason for it rather than just consuming what somebody else has produced 
there seems to be an element of with a martial art and with entrepreneurs of and successful business people not just people who set up their own businesses of this i am doing this because it has a purpose and that purpose isn't always for the benefit of the individual it could be for the benefit of someone else or a society a club it's all really interesting martin i could talk to you for hours about it but unfortunately today our time has come to an end but michael can i have one more thing? yeah go on one more thing the closing it's another very important point you mentioned the importance of teamwork before for example teamwork is important collective intelligence has always given greater than the individual the thing about martial arts that i've always particularly loved um, and it's it's something that will appeal to any entrepreneur the entrepreneur's journey is lonely even if they get a even if they get a co-founder it's a lonely you must be a self-starter and that's the that's the beauty of martial arts i don't need anybody else to practice my tai chi in the garden i don't need anybody else to practice my my karate cutters i don't need anybody else to push me on the back i can just go to the gym which i'm going to be doing after this interview and give it 12 rounds 40 days and 40 nights in the desert so to speak and that's another beautiful thing about martial arts that i think appeals to the go-getting types of people who need resilience and determination who become entrepreneurs that idea that you ultimately are responsible for yourself and very often others when you grow a business yes yeah that's great martin Thank you very much, Martin. Really appreciate your time. It's been great having a conversation with you after knowing you for so long, knowing that you're involved in martial arts, but actually to listen to you explain it really makes me wonder whether I should come along to one session at some point or another. I'll wait for the invitation, but thank you very much for the moment today. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. And thank you to you for listening to Fit For My Age. I am Michael Millward. Managing Director of Abbasida, and I have been having a Fit for My Age conversation with Martin Morrison, who is a martial arts expert. You can find out more about both of us at abbasida.co.uk. There is a link in the description. If you've liked this edition of Fit for My Age, please give it a like, and to make sure you don't miss out on future editions, please subscribe. Remember, the aim of all the podcasts produced by Abbasida is not to tell you what to think, but we do hope to make you think. Thank you.